0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of your favorite podcast slash drinking game, Big Drunk List. Of course, I am your favorite ever podcast host, Ryan Fowkes, from the beautiful Bloomington, Illinois, and with me, the not-so-popular...
1: Greg Voss, the host that makes you question whether podcasts should be legal. (laughs) From the wonderful Chicago, Illinois.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shut us down now. This guy's a fuck. Oh, we, got a, <laughs> we got a very exciting episode today. Um, we are doing some of our favorite minor characters. So, of course, we did an episode a few episodes ago with some of our favorite TV characters. Um, and mm. some of those were minor characters. And it just kind of sparked the conversation. This is one that we were really excited to do. So, um, Greg, why don't you define for the audience how we are considering minor characters for this episode?
1: Um, If they delve into the ground looking for any type of ore or other mineral, they are considered a miner.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, also would have accepted any character that's under the age of 18 during the recording of of the show or movie. Right.
1: (laughs) Um, So all of the minor characters, they're going to be people who, if you remove them from the TV show, the overall plot would not change. Or TV show, movie, movie. video game, whatever media, what what have you.
0: Yeah, they, they might uh, show up a lot or they might be, uh, you know, a good part of the show. But yeah, you could pick them up and remove them and the show would still go on and <laughs> it would be pretty much the same. Well, hey, before we jump in, Greg, why don't you tell everybody what you're drinking today?
1: Oh, I'm drinking more beer. Um, I've been on a bit of a a beer kick because I'll go to my local Benny's and they've just, whenever I've been going... It's been the days they've gotten shipments of rare beers, so I've been yeah. buying them and figuring what a better way to give advertisement to some great local breweries than on our podcast. So I'm drinking Pixel Density. It's an India Pale Ale Ooh. by Phase 3 Brewing Company. What's your, what are you drinking?
0: I threw it back a little bit. Um, mm. I'm going back to the classic, and I'm drinking Jameson this time. Um, <sighs> fans of the show will know Jameson is and was and continues to be my go-to drink. Um, but I got a lot of feedback from our listeners about, why don't you try something different? So I had for a few weeks. Um, and of course, I'm going back to my roots. So um, I made a whiskey water, which is just Jameson mixed with water. And that's what I'm sipping on now. Um, but when I finish this glass, I've got just a regular whiskey glass that I'll pour some Jameson into and continue. So i um, going back to my classic and favorite, Jameson.
1: All right. Nice. So should I just delve on into my number 10? Let's let's
0: dive right into your number 10.
1: Though everyone first take a drink. Make sure you uh, get nice and liquored up because this is going to be a fun little extravaganza. My (laughs) number 10, the Cabbage Guy from Airbender, the last avatar.
0: Close. Um,
1: (laughs) uh, The Cabbage Guy was a guy who just pushes around a cart of cabbages and like basically everything that happens, he just gets his cart destroyed and he just goes Ah my cabbages. Um he was an Earth Kingdom businessman and later founded Cabbage Corp, which became a automobile factory in the second like series. Avatar Legend of Korra, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that, um,
0: re- that sounds familiar.
1: Yeah. He was originally meant to be a one-time character who was intended to appear in only one episode um, he just became a recurring character, um, more just a minor character. He only showed up every now and then, but they did have a statue of him in the second series. Um, but one of my favorite parts is after they destroyed, uh, after the main characters destroyed a cart of cabbages, the cabbage guys said, um, that they should all be decapitated one for each head of cabbage. <laughs> a head for each head of cabbage or something like that was the uh the exact quote but um yes he was a a very misfortunate character but then later you find out he was very very successful
0: that's a show i never watched i never got into um they did they did a live action movie of it just what five ten maybe ten five six seven years ago um, Eight, and i, I didn't know. i yeah, I didn't watch that either, but um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of a kid's show. Uh, would, um, you, would you recommend as an adult that I check it out?
1: Yes, I didn't see it until I was in college. There was like, oh, Netflix was like really starting to take hold on the digital streaming service because there was still for a while where you'd get the discs sent to you, even even during the digital phase. And I found, yeah, it was a, a great show. I just started to binge it in college and I loved it. It was very funny. Uh, way more adult than I would have thought. Like, Not like super raunchy, but like, um, you know, there's prepubescent kids, you know, or pubescent kids. Teenagers, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so obviously they deal with some uh, adult stuff, but the uh, the action scenes are actually pretty cool. I really liked it.
0: Does Netflix no longer send DVDs? Uh, probably,
1: Blu-rays.
0: It maybe might, DVDs. It, it probably explains why I've been waiting for my copy of Cruel Intentions 2 for like the last four <laughs> and a half years from Netflix.
1: Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do send them still. Like I'd imagine, I bet they that, do. Yeah, like I bet it, they do. If uh. That way you could still get the newest movies because Netflix like doesn't have as big a, a digital library. And then if you're in a area with pretty bad like internet, that would probably be preferable.
0: I had Netflix back before it even had the digital option, like when it truly was just DVDs. And I remember oh, yeah. when they started introducing their digital library, I had a Nintendo Wii and that was one of the approved platforms but they sent you a disc like to your home that you had to put Mm. into your nintendo wii and i still have the disc at my mom's house um that would load up this netflix application allow you to access their digital library now it's just built into everything right i mean even smart tvs come with netflix you can get the app on your phone but um that first generation of that was like literally a disc that they sent you that you would have to put in i wonder if it still works like i wonder if i put it into the wii and fire it up if i can access the netflix catalog or if it just says yeah yeah fuck you ryan this, this device is no ago.
1: longer supported right.
0: yeah i bet i could sell that for some money on ebay probably like a buck 67 you <laughs> <Yeah. know?
1: laughs> buck 68 if people get really aggressive right.
0: <laughs> if the bids really take off right <laughs> uh well good one all right. all right um my number 10 leo from that 70s show
1: Oh, that one's uh, Chong?
0: Yes, Tommy Chong. <laughs> and he basically plays himself, it seems. You know, um, yeah. Tommy Chong um, was, of course, always has been a big advocate for the legalization use of marijuana. Um, and you've seen him in all kinds of like the Cheech and Chong movies, right, for example. Yeah. Um, in the series, I mean, you see him. He's like this funny stoner guy, you know, who's kind of over the top dumb. So, and he kind of played the same character um, in that '70s show um, when he first gets introduced. Hyde starts to work for him at a place called the Photo Hut, which is just a place where you can get your photos. Um, mm-hmm. I don't can't even think of the word developed. For it. Yes, the place where you can get your photos developed. Uh, and oftentimes he even forgets that he's the boss of that place. So they'll just be hanging around smoking or whatever. He'll be like, oh, man, we better put this away before the boss sees. And Heidel will be like, you are the boss. He's like, cool, man. You know, he doesn't even remember. Um, actually, he left the show for a period of time. Um, And I looked it up. Why? Because I just recently rewatched that 70s show. And I realized there was this strange absence because he comes back later in the show. And it kind of just, you know, they kind of just basically kill him off. Like there's a letter. They don't even show him leaving the show. There's like a letter that they discover. And in the letter, it says something about how he came to town for a short period of time and accidentally stayed for eight years. And he's got to (laughs) get back to his wife and kids, which was (laughs) hilarious. And I mean, it's exactly how that character would leave the show. But it turns out he got in trouble for uh, selling some Uh, weed paraphernalia online in States where it weren't legal. So he got in some real life trouble for a while, but he ends up coming back on the show for a while um, in kind of a more prominent role. But up until when he came back for the last season or so, um, he he was one of the best minor characters that didn't show up too too much. Um, You know, he's kind of recurring, but always had some good classic stoner kind of (laughs) comedy.
1: He's a classic actor too. He's one of those that just like, whenever you see him, you know, it's going to be a good film. Or an okay
0: film. <laughs> right. <laughs> Depends on how high you are when you put it on, right? You you may think it's the best thing you've ever seen, right? it's just going to be all right.
1: <laughs> oh, I guess uh, everyone take a drink as we move on to my number nine. Dirty Mike and the Boys. <laughs> from the other guys.
0: What a good one. Oh.
1: <laughs> Dirty Mike and the Boys are... <laughs> my, my favorite minor character, I think, from any film. Uh, they're homeless guys who repeatedly try to bang in Will Ferrell's Prius. Um, they do it several times, and as they so eloquently put it in the film, uh, when a bunch of homeless guys have sex in the backseat of a car, it's called a soup kitchen. <laughs> uh, they show up later and they get chased off because... Um, Will Farrell and Mark Wahlberg are both cops. And they go, Oh, it's the fuzz run away, but we will have sex in the backseat of that car again. <laughs> and then later the car gets towed because they apparently were in the backseat having sex. Um, but Dirty <laughs> Mike was played by Adam McKay, who uh, both directed and wrote some amazing films, including Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, Other Guys, Anchorman 2, The Big Short, and Vice. So I he, didn't know
0: that that's who that was. I mean, I knew Adam McKay, the name, but I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know that mm, was him.
1: Yeah, he, uh, that was him covered in a, a bunch of dirt and grime. And he only shows up for one scene where he runs away. But every other reference to them is, uh, there's a letter <laughs> where they leave just as thanks for the F shack signed Dirty Mike and the Boys. And then they leave a, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh like five unscratched lottery tickets is thanks <laughs> and then they reference that there was homeless people banging in the car later and that's it so he they don't show up much
0: that is such a good one
1: <laughs> i love dirty mike and the boys
0: oh my god that is so funny and you're right they are such a good i even remember for some reason what stuck in my head when the lines and his very when they first confront him and will says, are you dirty mike and the boys, just the way he said it, sometimes that jumps into my head. <laughs> where before they get chased off, and they're like, "We will have sex in the back of that car."
1: <laughs> the one I always uh, quote is, "It's called a soup kitchen," cause right? he, like says <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> and I'll, I'll use that every now and then. And like, it's like, "Oh, it's called uh, a soup kitchen."
0: <laughs> oh, that is such a good movie. I love Will Ferrell, Adam McKay. I. I don't really like Mark Wahlberg, but that was one of the few roles that I thought he did very, very well in. So I even liked Mark Wahlberg in that, and that might be an unpopular opinion. That should have been in my list, you mm. know, last week or whenever, two weeks ago. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of Mark Wahlberg, but I am mm. in that movie. I thought he played that that role perfectly.
1: Um, I really like his films. I really liked a shooter. That's a great one. I loved him in a daddy's home that's a really funny one that was
0: actually pretty good too yeah
1: him and will ferrell have a like a good like they work well together in it just because he's such a tough guy badass and will ferrell is just a comedic legend that they just pair well together like i loved it in the other guys whenever he would see any crime happening he would just jump to like Something ridiculous where, like, a biker comes out and goes, Colombian drug lords. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where are you getting this from?
0: <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, my number nine, Fred from SpongeBob.
1: Oh, that was the second last one to get knocked off my list.
0: So for those who don't know who Fred from SpongeBob is, he is the fish that you'll often hear in episodes yelling, my leg in the background <laughs> whenever there's any kind of damage or, or physical trauma going on in the episode. So um, he has that that running gag, of course, um, happened early on in season one um, and continued. Um, and I believe that shows up at least once in every season of the show. Um, and, and what's funny is he was never formally given the name fred um, except there was kind of one scene in passing when another random fish referred to him as fred um, and the internet fans because there's apparently a huge internet fan base of spongebob squarepants recognized his name as fred at that point so they tried to rename him the creators of the show tried to rename him in season seven and call him clint which was going to be a reference to clint eastwood But then they later saw when they um, new people took over the creation of the show, saw that um, the people on the internet were referring to him as Fred because that's how he was referred in the show. But they thought, excuse me, that the internet had just created that name for him. Um, (laughs) So they decided to name him that, really thinking that it was um, the internet wanted to call him that. In fact, Tom Kenny, the guy who does the voice for SpongeBob, um, was even quoted to say, Um, bask in the power of the internet the fans named him fred so even the people very closely related to the show didn't realize that they called him fred in the show they thought that the internet came up with that name so um that's a little funny trivia but yeah you'll recognize his voice throughout (laughs) it just shows up randomly (laughs) in the episode my leg and it's hilarious (laughs) every single time
1: (laughs) and he's that green fish who kind of looks like a kind of like a
0: flounder a grouper
1: i don't know but he's the green one yeah not the blue one with the shark fin who is harold
0: yeah oh i did not know that that was harold i didn't know that this was fred either i'm, I'm not <laughs> part of that large internet spongebob SquarePants fan community
1: Uh that's a good one though because uh just that my leg is just such an iconic scene and he never really had like a large role obviously because that's what makes him a minor character
0: all right. Well, I think we can take a drink as we move in, Greg, to your number eight.
1: The Ugly Naked Guy from Friends. <laughs> ugly Naked Guys, the nickname for the nudist who lived across the street from Monica and Rachel. Um, he was apparently just like, I think they originally called him the cute naked guy. And then he apparently ate a lot and became the ugly naked guy. And then he had an ugly naked girlfriend. And then he wound up moving away and Ross wound up getting the apartment. Uh, I don't remember exactly why Ross wanted the apartment. I think it was just to be closer to Rachel. Uh, But he got the apartment by eating muffins naked with the (laughs) ugly naked man. Uh, (laughs) He had several blunders, but one of the big ones was he squashed his cat by accident by sitting on it. And Joey said, oh, that poor cat never saw that big butt coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I, he does he ever actually show up on screen in the show?
1: I know he shows up on screen, but I don't think you see his face. I oh, think okay. you see like the back of him.
0: I was going to say, I don't didn't even know if they had a, they added an actor <laughs> for him at all. You know, like they, it's kind of just a thing in the distance <laughs> that they see.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely more of a concept than an actual right. character. <laughs> the running gag was just they would just see him across the way and be like, "Ugh!" <laughs> and I think at one point they think he died, but he didn't, or something like that. I, I don't remember. He was in so many episodes, and there's only so many. Uh, there's only so much information on a guy who like shows up just showing the back of his head like once.
0: <laughs> I will say, Friends is another one that I never got super into. We're two for two on yours right now. Um, Of shows I never super got into And I've seen Friends, in fact I've probably seen every episode Of Friends, but I've never sat down And watched it specifically start to finish Like I've had other shows Um, Mm. But that's one on my list that I definitely want to do that Because I know it's very popular um, People very much like it Um, So that's something that I really want to sit down and watch Start to finish because there are some references Sometimes I miss this one of course even I get You know (laughs) I understand But um, there are sometimes references that I miss From that show so I definitely want to sit down And watch it start to finish I think it's on Netflix So I should be able to get it on
1: We'll see how far we can get uh, in my list Before you uh, finally watch one of the shows
0: I know yeah you're not even Going obscure like these are all very Popular shows so far (laughs) and I'm just like Oh never heard of it you know
1: (laughs) what's your number eight
0: (laughs) my number eight Derek from the good place um so this is this is a little newer um I don't know have you seen the good place yet I've seen like
1: most of the first season okay
0: yeah watch it it's good um but you'll recognize Derek right away uh when you see that he's played by Jason Manzoukas (laughs) um which is one of my favorite actors um and there were several um, characters that he played that almost made it onto my list uh, but this is the one that I picked so um, if you don't know who that is google the name and you'll see him and you'll instantly recognize him from several several shows but um, basically he was created um, as there's there's a central um, artificial intelligence and in it's so the good place so let me give a little background for those that don't know real quick um, it's a show about some people that go to um, hell after they die, but it's disguised as heaven as a way to torture them. So that's basically the, um, that's basically the backstory. And within this, this good place, this fake good place, um, there's this AI um, all knowing thing called Janet. Um, and she kind of is like the computer AI that runs the whole neighborhood. Anyway, uh, at one point um, she's dating one of the people who died and came and um, his memory gets wiped and you know, she, he doesn't remember. And so she creates this Derek and, um, basically to be her rebound boyfriend um but he's like really stupid (laughs) because she doesn't have the ability to create i guess super super smart Derek. i don't know but anyway he's kind of stupid um but he's like a male version sort of of her the same kind of ai anyway (laughs) he says a lot of stupid stuff like for example one of the things when he first meets michael um who's kind of like the leader of this whole area played by ted danson by the way um Mm -hmm. He says, you must be Michael. Janet has made a lot of talk talk into my ear holes about you. And a lot of the stuff that he says, these phrases are so um, like, you know what he's trying to say, but they're just kind of stupid the way he says it. Um, In fact, I read when I was trying to find a good quote because I want and that's the one I picked, but I want to find a good one. Apparently, the creators of the show um, to help write lines for him um, would translate their lines multiple times. So they became kind of more and more. Um, oddball but still with the same meaning um, to give him his lines so they they wrote the lines as intended and then would translate them over and over again until it got a little goofy like that so that was a way that they got a lot of his lines isn't that hilarious
1: that's great <laughs> I love that there used to be something that would do that for you and then uh, I think Google Translate took it down
0: yeah. Anyway, so, um, you know, he is not a major character, but he is recurring throughout several episodes. Um, she, Janet eventually tucks him away, um, kind of in the back of her brain. Um, and, and he comes back later and has, um, you know, a couple different roles. But he never plays like a major, major plot point. But just that actor is hilarious in that role. He's hilarious. And that's a good show overall. So definitely watch it
1: yeah i uh i almost put him down as uh dennis feinstein on my list mm, mm-hmm. and then uh rafi but rafi was more of a secondary character than a minor character
0: oh everyone take a drink we're moving on to greg's number seven
1: dr leo <laughs> dr leo spachemin is my number seven i'm a poet and i already knew it
0: oh, i was gonna say listen to that cool rhyme did you plan that <laughs>
1: Actually, did not uh, Doctor Leo spachemin also known as Doctor Spaceman, uh, is played by Chris Parnell in the show Thirty Rock. He attended the Ho Chi Minh School of Medicine, and according to from Thirty Rock dot fandom, some of his beliefs are that medicine is not an exact science. Doctors should serve big breakfast to their patients before an operation. <laughs> Meat keeps the spine straight, and that people want food but do not need it. <laughs> and he is like the worst fucking doctor. He is absolutely horrible, but he is just so funny. And like all these high profile, powerful people all listen to him.
0: And I, so what's the name of that actor you said?
1: That's Chris Parnell.
0: Okay, I I recognize that guy every time he shows up, and I always think he's just well, he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, a lot yeah. of this stuff he plays that kind of goofy, dumb role so well. I didn't know, ever know his name. I I love that great one. I love Thirty Rock. In fact, Thirty Rock almost made it on mine. Kenneth was almost on my list from Thirty Rock, but I took him off because I thought he was more a secondary character and not quite a minor character.
1: I mean, there was way too many episodes that revolved around Kenneth. That's what I to thought, too. Yep. Art.
0: Well, and because he was going to make my list and he was one like very close to the top, like, you know, 10 or 9. Um, and I end up booting him off <laughs> for that yeah. reason that I didn't think he quite fit um, the category. But no, I love I love 30 Rock. In fact, 30 Rock is the reason why I like Tina Fey. Um, sorry, Tina Fey. But prior to that, I didn't. Think you were anything special? Then I watched uh, I watched Thirty Rock got a new appreciation for it. Now I pretty much love everything Tina Fey.
1: Yeah, she's a great writer too. Yeah, she is. What's your number seven?
0: Oh yeah, my number seven. Geez, we're flying right through this one. <laughs> Coach from New Girl. Ooh. Played by Damon Waynes Jr. Um, originally, Coach uh, was intended to be one of the main cast members. So um, the show revolves around Zoe Deschanel's character, and she moves into this loft in New York City with, um, I think it's in New York. Yeah, I think it is. Yes. Maybe. Yes. In New York City um, w- with, with a few guys um, after a breakup with her boyfriend. Um, she just found it on Craigslist or something. Anyway, uh, Coach, Damon Williams was originally going to be a main part of that cast because when he joined the show, um, he thought another show that he was on, Happy Endings, was going to be canceled. So he started in the role, um, then found out that that show was not going to be canceled. So he basically left the show after the very first episode, um, and they brought in another character to take his place. But they did not want to recreate the pilot that he was in, because he was going to play that role. Um, So they brought the person who replaced him in um, in the next episode and kind of just gave him a random exit. Um, (laughs) So after his random departure um, off the show that made no sense within the context of the show. Um eventually he came back, um, in season three, but fans were not happy about it. People were not a big fan of him add to the cast just because the dynamic was already so well established. Um so he left <laughs> in season four and only kinda had um, you know, random um, kind of random guest star roles throughout the rest of the series. So they had intended to try to bring him back as a main character, which had mm. that been successful, he probably would have fallen off my list. Um, but because the fans agreed that that was a bad idea, he got to remain as a minor character.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, that happy ending show was, uh, actually filmed in Chicago. So,
0: Oh, Chicago fact from Greg, that never happens.
1: <laughs> um, at least part of it was filmed in um, <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, I do know that uh, it takes place in Chicago, but there's plenty of shows where they do not film it there. For example, The League, they're constantly in quote-unquote Chicago, but when they're tailgating at Soldier Field, it's in a place that I never recognize, and you see palm trees in the background. Ugh. Also, you see uh, Ruxin's car break down in front of uh, Patty's Pub. <laughs> an episode that's not even a joke <laughs> the Patty's Pub sign is not there but it's obviously Patty's Pub
0: that uh, is hilarious because <laughs> they,
1: they also filmed that in LA too
0: oh that's not even in Philadelphia
1: I think originally it was um, okay. but there's definitely been somewhere like you see like desert hills in the background and I'm like okay Um.
0: alright let's move on to Greg's very unsexy I'm sure number six everyone take a drink my number
1: six is the soup Nazi from Seinfeld.
0: <laughs> what do you know? Another one that I never really got into. That oh my god! Seems to love. I know what the fuck is wrong with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the soup Nazi. Uh, he takes. <laughs> he's a eccentric uh, restaurateur who sells soup. And the 116th episode of Seinfeld, which was the sixth episode of the seventh season. Basically what would happen is people would go in and if they took too long to order, if they didn't do it right, if they put their hands on the glass or they did anything like that, he would go, no soup for you and kick you out. I
0: recognize that instantly when you say uh, that at least.
1: (laughs) And it was supposed to be just like the best soup. So the lines around the, like the corner, um, actor Larry Thomas, uh, polished his portrayal of the soup Nazi by studying Omar Sharif's accent in Lawrence of Arabia. Um, and he actually received an Emmy Award nomination for his performance. So that was cool.
0: And that's the only thing he says in the whole episode? <laughs> that was enough?
1: <laughs> uh, no, he, he, he regularly talked. Of course, he oh, was okay. friends with Kramer because <laughs> Kramer was friends with all the eccentrics in New York. Um, but uh, he's based on a real a real soup vendor, a Persian soup vendor, Ali Yagane Yagana. I I, I don't know how to pronounce that. Sorry, um, but uh, he ran a soup kit. He ran Soup Kitchen International, which, as you know, uh, when a bunch of homeless guys have sex in the back of a
0: car, it's called a soup kitchen. <laughs> I love that you found a way to tie it back to Dirty Mike and the Boys. I don't. I just <laughs> want to tell you how much I appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't even in, intentionally mean to But because the, the name was Soup Kitchen International I just had to I had to
0: <laughs> It totally took a second For my ba- my brain to process What you were saying Because I thought Oh this is all fact This is all fact And you're like Which if you don't know Is when several men Have sex in the back of a car <laughs> Like you just got good <laughs> in it. my brain's just letting it go That was fucking hilarious that, I appreciated that very much
1: <laughs> A little bit of a tie back <laughs>
0: Oh, fuck. Okay. What are we on? My number six? Are we on my number six?
1: I mean, if you can call it that.
0: Oh. My number six is actually from a video game.
1: Oh, it's Pikachu.
0: It's Pikachu. No, it's not Pikachu. (laughs) Um, Too minor for me. Pikachu didn't have a big enough role in the series, if you ask me. So I didn't think Pikachu counted. The companion cube from Portal. Ooh. The way it was described as a reoccurring object and pseudo character in the portal universe Um, because of course it is just a weighted box so throughout the game um, portal is a puzzle game where you have this gun that allows you to shoot um, two portals that are connected to each other and to get through different obstacles so you'll shoot one on the wall next to you um, maybe one across a pit Um, And you walk through the one you just shot and you get to the other side So it's basically just an objective game like a puzzle game um, to try to get through the different rooms And and there are different objects you can use to help you get through the room. Some of them are like boxes um, And other things but anyway at one point um, There's a box that looks much like the other boxes But instead of having the logo for the laboratory that you're in it has a pink heart on all sides referred to as the companion cube yes it's so cute so it's given to you in one of the test chambers to try to get you through the level but at the end and this thing helps you the whole time and at the end you have to throw it into an incinerator to allow you to move past the level, and throughout the whole thing, the uh, the robot, the artificial intelligence, who's basically like um, monitoring the course, is um, feeding you information to try to make you feel a connection to this cube. So like it kind of is a little sad <laughs> when you have to throw <laughs> it in um, at the end. <laughs> um, so it, it definitely became like a big uh, joke on the internet. In fact, even in um, Portal 2, um, it shows back up. And uh, the the AI, who is the same AI, like torments the main character um, in one level by repeatedly destroying multiple cubes that look like the companion cube, (laughs) which is supposed to be a little throwback. Um, Upon the end of the game, you see a scorched companion cube that's been all burnt up um, that the creators have said is intentionally supposed to be the same one that you were forced to throw in the fire to get through in the first game. I know um (laughs) and anyway so for an inanimate object um a pseudo character um you felt a connection to this and it it came back a little bit in the second game um but you had to kill it and that was one of the challenges to complete the game
1: the companion cube i think might be uh considered one of the sexiest uh, video game characters in history
0: Oh, I can't imagine. Perfectly symmetrical, which we know is Ooh, one of the measurements yeah. of attractiveness. Um, the col- her colors, beautiful, um, sleek corners. Yes, a beautiful, Com- beautiful cube.
1: The ultimate companion. Expertly weighted.
0: <laughs> Expertly weighted, yep. <laughs> exactly the right size, exactly the right weight, just the way I like it. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Oh
1: everyone take a big old swig as we go on to my number five ben sullivan this is probably my saddest one i have on here oh for those who haven't seen it the show scrubs is an amazing comedy but by it being in a hospital they do a great job of also bringing in the tragedy that no matter what happens no matter how good your day is something bad can happen uh brendan fraser played Ben Sullivan, who was the brother of Dr. Cox's ex wife, but Dr. Cox's best friend nonetheless. He was a photography nerd, and he absolutely hated stage uh photos for whatever reason. Um uh, but eventually he wound up getting leukemia in the show. Um and here's some uh spoiler alert if you ever plan on watching it, maybe maybe earmuff time. Uh, There is an episode where... uh, JD lets one of his patients go. Basically, uh, Dr. Cox left. Comes back and JD's like, sorry. He suffered from a cardiac arrest. And he goes the whole one, the whole time. He's talking to Brendan Fraser's character, Ben Sullivan. Talking, talking, talking. And then at the very end... um, At Dr. Cox's kid's birthday... uh, JD goes... Where do you think you are? And it turns out it wasn't at his birthday. It was at Brendan Fraser's mm. funeral. It wasn't the other guy who had a heart attack. It turned out it was Brendan Fraser who went a cardiac arrest from his leukemia. And he, he died. It was a very dark, very depressing uh, ending. It was, but it was very powerful. It was a very well done one.
0: It was, and it was sad. Um, And I think what was kind of the saddest about it, too, was um, Dr. Cox is kind of not an emotional guy for a lot of the series. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? He's kind of the tough kind of asshole doctor, you know, and he really took that passing very, very difficult. I mean, that whole most of that episode i mean was really about him coming to terms with it you know finally eventually um and you know yeah that that was that was very impactful you're right um and mm-hmm. seeing that character it showed the dynamic of him a uh, dr cox as well you know because he, he was kind of this tough jerky doctor but um having to see him you know <laughs> go through that process yeah very good
1: yeah oh cheer us up with your number five everyone cleanse a palate if you want to
0: yeah i'm gonna take a drink for that one because oh, you know our last episode we had a lot of sad i don't think i'm gonna have any sad on here which is good um you know what is sad is the fact that i didn't know half the shows you were talking about I actually scrubs i'm a big fan so that one, <laughs> that one i can um but yeah that's that that, that is that that was a sad one yeah well, but my number five is not so sad the box ghost from danny phantom wait it's
1: a ghost so they're also dead you said you weren't going to drag us um, down
0: I, I'm gonna cry, Greg. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Danny <laughs> Phantom's about all about ghosts. There is the ghost world um, and basically evil ghosts kind of leak over to the real world. And Danny Phantom was a teenage kid um, who was like half ghost and he fights them. So the box ghost is a, is a recurring ghost villain kind of character on the show. Um, who's also like the most terrible ghost and terrible villain you've ever seen? Um, his only real abilities is that he can manipulate boxes with his ghost powers. So he can like move boxes around, which doesn't really allow you to do any real damage. Um, he's the <laughs> laughing stock of the ghost zone <laughs> where he comes from. Um, and he just, I mean, he. Not only is he just terrible as a ghost, but he's very cocky. And he thinks he's great. Like, he thinks he's a great villain. Um, In fact, when he does show up on screen, he always screams, I am the box ghost! Um, And (laughs) just thinks that he's this big, tough, difficult guy. But he's like the easiest villain to fight. And he always is very, very easy to fight. Um, But interesting fact about him. um, Next to Vlad... And Skulker, which are the two um, primary villains throughout the show. Um, he is the villain, quote-unquote villain, um, who shows up the most on screen. So um, he doesn't really have a big role. I mean, he shows up enough, but it's always just for, like, the joke of it. And <laughs> it's a very passing moment. Um, but Butch Hartman, the the creator of the show, said that he might be his favorite villain of all time so um that that's kind of a neat <laughs> he, he understands the humor of course i mean it's his show um it is his humor but um he appreciates that humor the same way that i do that it, it's ridiculous but it's a little comic relief in there as well
1: that's uh that's pretty funny it was uh i do remember that being a kind of an action-packed show like it was yeah. yeah oh yeah i uh, i haven't seen much of him uh so i wound up googling a bit to see who's the box ghost, and then you mentioned Vlad, and I googled Vlad, um, and I recognized those characters. And once again, um, I want to say thank you, internet, for ruining any childhood things. Cause oh no! Yep, yep. There was uh, the villain, uh, some fan art with him and the main character. I think I just need to turn on my save search. This is getting why missed.
0: is your save search off? This is this is like the fifth time this has happened since we've P-porn. been doing podcast.
1: Because sometimes I like, Google boobies. <laughs> I Google I Google big big boobies, no, no shirt.
0: <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that you could Google that. That there's pictures for that on the internet?
1: No, I just get reported to the FBI.
0: Oh well that's what I was worried about. That's why I never tried it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I just need to. Like I don't actually do anything dirty on this computer. I have better computers for that. <laughs>
0: I've got my porn computer, and then I've got my podcast computer,
1: (laughs) Then I have my my Minesweeper computer, got my Solitaire computer. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, Minesweepers are pretty physically demanding applications, so you need to make sure you've got something top of the line. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Well, you know what? I think we should take a drink. No. Okay. Yes! And we should move on to your number four.
1: Moe's from The Office.
0: Mmm, wonderful.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised he's not on your list.
0: I have a character from The Office, but it's not Moe's.
1: Okay, well, Moe's is played by Michael Schur, who is just a god among comedy, a god of comedy. Uh, he was a producer and writer for the comedy series The Office. He co created Parks and Rec he created the good place co-created the comedy series brooklyn 99 he was producer on the series master of none um, he is dwight's cousin and together they own and operate a beet farm and he just runs around really really awkwardly and he like doesn't talk and he and he's just a really odd almost creepy character if it wasn't for the fact that he's so like childish um <laughs> Uh, but but some of my favorites. Uh, there's a, a deleted scene um, from the episode called "The Injury," where Michael describes Mose as a weirdo, um, and he, apparently he's 27 years old and never left the beet farm. <laughs> um, but the, one of my favorites though is Dwight tells a joke that he heard from Mose. What is black and white and red and can't think? A nun who has a beet for a head. <laughs>
0: Stupid, it makes no sense. That's a good joke, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's uh, an episode where he parks people's cars, and all he does is just floors it into a random field of like wheat, and then just climbs out the window and just like runs back. Oh, but Moe's is a classic one. There's
0: more to that episode too. So first of all, one of my favorite Moe's lines when he first gets, he goes, I'm the valet, you have to give me your car. Like that's (laughs) the first thing he says when you pull up. And he parks him. And then he intends to like jump his moped, Evil Knievel style, over all the parked cars. But he gets nervous (laughs) halfway up the ramp. So he just like gets off of it and just physically runs over the cars. (laughs) I he is such a good character. Um, in fact, if another office character hadn't been on my list, he was, he was going to be on my list. Um, you know, Michael sure wasn't originally going to play most at all. Um, he was just oh. standing in as a, you know, uh, as another, as a producer for the show. Um, he was just kind of standing in, um, and people just loved the way he did it so much. I mean, and I don't know now who could play that part as well as he did, um, that he ended up taking over that role altogether. So it was just perfect that it worked out yeah. that
1: way. That was an excellent, excellent, Cat's choice.
0: So, my number four, Ranjit Uh from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, excellent choice. So, Ranjit um, is the taxi slash limo driver. Um, Across several episodes, you may recognize him. Um, There's the Bangladesh driver um, who always says, hello, <laughs> in the very happy voice and frequently gets called by characters of the main staff uh, or of the main cast to drive him around. Um, he's played by Marshall Manesh, and he he was in 23 different episodes. I had to look it up because I know he just kind of shows up randomly throughout the series, you know, uh, near the beginning. He's like, uh, even in the first episode, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, several times even owns and drives a limo, <laughs> you know, near the end. And it's it's a nice reveal. But um, yeah, he showed up for 23 Different episodes. Um, And interesting fact, because you know that I'm a big fan of interesting facts. um, He's the only recurring character to appear in all nine seasons of the show.
1: Oh, Um, yeah. He was was, uh, one of the best parts of that show. With the exception of obviously Barney Stinson.
0: Oh, Barney Stinson! I love Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris could be in anything. He could act. He could be a terrible actor in whatever he's in. Um, he could be put in the wrong role. I I would still love it. I love him.
1: Uh, ever see the movie Starship Troopers?
0: I feel like I have. Oh, it was, it's so it, it was a it was a parody making fun of something specific, wasn't no. it? No. Then maybe it was, I have It was it. based yeah. off a
1: book. It's um. Basically, hum- humans go to war with bugs. Like oh, there's a no. of yeah, bugs. Yeah, that
0: does not ring a bell at all. And there's like <laughs> it's like
1: space battles and things like that. It was really good. It's it's <laughs> one of those that like it's a guilty pleasure. But let's move on to our top
0: three. Oh wow our top three what, <laughs> do, what do we do greg top three is a little different right we do we do something a little different i'd love for you to describe that Ooh. for us
1: so as we've been drinking between each of our numbers we're also now going to drink between each of our speakers so now instead of just drinking after ryan's you're going to drink after mine as well
0: Ooh la la, which is good because your top three is probably gonna be shit. So we'll need the drinks to get us through the the rest of the list.
1: You're gonna you're gonna really regret that after you hear my number two.
0: Your your number one is Ryan Fawkes on Big Drunk List. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you're big enough to be considered a minor character, background character, more like uh, um, number three, the shoppers from Superstore
0: i love this one yes that i would have never even thought about this well i'm sorry go ahead what a wonderful one
1: yeah uh actually it was really cool i was getting lunch earlier today with our biggest fan and he actually called it that it would be on my list the like this it's such a broad one i was very surprised that he called it out so shout out
0: to ryan shout out Shout out. Not me, Ryan. Um, yeah. The the real, the, the Ryan who does real contributions to our podcast. The Ryan
1: F who I've known longer than Ryan <laughs> folks.
0: The the real Ryan F um, who <laughs> matters to this podcast because we know this Ryan F is just a, a minor character. Let's
1: give an F for this Ryan F. <laughs> um, but the shoppers, basically, this show is about people working in essentially what amounts to be a Walmart. And Walmart can get some pretty iffy people in there. Um, obviously, there's plenty of Twitter, Instagram, Reddits, uh, subreddits, where it's about people being in Walmarts and how they act. And these are just really quick clips of people doing things in the store, and so they're not one main character. She's a bunch of them shopping, and this is kind of how they segue between scenes. Um, and th- there's so so many examples of it, but I, I just wrote down just some <laughs> of the ones. Uh, uh, there was a kid using one of those kitty potty training toilets right in the middle of an aisle. Um, someone was in their underwear uh, using laundry machines. Someone was jogging up on a treadmill, which was up <laughs> on a shelf on a display case. <laughs> Uh, A lady comes by and, like, takes a bite of a candle and puts it back. (laughs) Um, Two ladies uh, with similar kids go, uh, and they're, like, looking at toys. And one of the moms just grabs one of the kids and walks away. And the other mom looks up and realizes that her kid's no longer there. (laughs) Uh, There's a kid just constantly smashing just, like, plates on the ground. Uh, (laughs) And there's one where there's bleach and... Uh, Parmesan cheese and they're right next to each other and both the packaging looks similar and someone grabs the bleach looks at it and then puts it then like decides to grab the Parmesan cheese and puts the bleach back right in the Parmesan c- cheese section <laughs> so it blends right on it and it looks like Parmesan cheese oh but there's just so many and they had a great special where they uh, had Olympic uh, like people who are in the Olympics join in it was an Olympic special and all the shoppers were Olympic athletes. And, like, there's one where it was, like, uh, a figure skater slips on a wet floor spot and then does, like, a, a really fancy spin before continuing shopping. It, it's, it's a very, very funny show. But the ba- it's one of the few shows where the background characters just do so much work
0: and it's such a great way to do just transitions between the actual scenes you know mm-hmm, what I mean because it truly mm-hmm. just shows and it's so random and none of the characters are recurring because they don't need to be you know okay. and it's just always funny situations with the music you can hear it playing over the speakers actually uh, the official Superstore page on YouTube actually shared a compilation video that I've watched before Ooh. Um, of all like the customers up through I, I don't remember when they posted it but like for the first few seasons at least um, and it's hilarious what that comes to mind is um, uh, there's a there's a guy who's like intentional in selecting the right six pack of beer, and he walks off with it. And then later, you see him re- returning uh empty bottles to the shelf in the case. Like he literally <laughs> just drank the beer and returned it. Um, <laughs> someone comes up and says, "Do you have any gender neutral toys? I'm trying to be cool." <laughs> like. It was- <laughs>
1: oh, they were so good, and and the, one of the best parts is you can even still see some people doing that stuff in the background of regular scenes, where they'll like you can,
0: yes, with like
1: smell a shirt and they just put it back. <laughs> <It's>
0: like... <laughs> I've never seen a show that pays so much attention to the parts of the show that don't matter. You know what I mean? Right? Like the shit in the background, and it's very consistent. That is a great one.
1: Thank you, and that almost makes me wish that I had a another one from Parks and Rec on there, but I do not. All right, why don't we take a drink and move on to Ryan's number three.
0: Perd Happily from Parks and Rec. Oh,
1: I'm so glad you
0: you have him. Um... <laughs> Full name, Pertrick L. Happily, um, is, <laughs> is a television TV show host in Pawnee um, where the show takes place and he's the host of several television news, pro- news programs such as you heard with purd the final word with purd lights camera purred, um, and the purple's court a court show later on that he's the judge. Um, <laughs> he is so funny, um, and and I think we've talked about him at least once, maybe a couple of times in, in previous episodes. Um, but what, you know he's he's intentionally w- trying to make fun of like your stereotypical newscaster, um, but he's particularly funny because. The things that he says are very redundant when he's announcing things. Like I wrote down a couple of uh, funny phrases like uh, um, issue number one to talk about today is the first issue we're going to talk about. Uh, (laughs) The statement this reporter has is a question. Uh, And also joining us today is a different person. So he just has all these little phrases that are so redundant uh, when he's going on. But he's just this hilarious recurring um (laughs) recurring character on the show who doesn't really contribute too much to the plot line i mean he shows up sometimes in episodes you know during hosting events um or even like a telethon episode you know close to the end (laughs) but um interesting fact about him too because you know i love my interesting facts um he's the recurring character on that show with the most appearances of any other recurring character with 32 appearances oh
1: that's good I, i mean i really like him um him and i have a very similar mindset for example um they talk about him in the 80s having his own show uh reviewing movies and one of his lines is it's an interesting story but it's just not believable that's why i give et one and a half stars (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which, as you know, E.T. lived in my closet when I was a child, uh, so I was not a fan of that film. But when he gave it one and a half stars, and I mean, I was already a Purt Happily fan, but that worked. It worked so well oh for me. Oh, my
0: God. Can... <laughs> Anytime that you're having a bad day, just think back to the fact that Greg was convinced ET lived <laughs> in his closet. Uh, and we've touched on it in a couple different episodes. And just, I, I'm sorry to laugh at your trauma, Greg. Oh, I'm, but that, I'm
1: fine with that. That like,
0: <laughs> It puts, it brightens up my day. 25 years ago. <laughs> brightens up my day every time I think about it. And I love it. Yes, that is hilarious. <laughs>
1: uh Everyone take a little sip as we move on to my number two. This is like my third multiple one, I think, because I had Dirty Mike and the Boys, and then I have the Shoppers. Now I have...
0: And you gave me shit. Hold on a second. You gave me shit for Cat Dog last episode because that was two, and I had to only choose one. Shoppers is probably like a hundred people. Dirty Mike and the Boys was a collection of what, four or five people? So fuck you. Anyway, yeah, Go
1: ahead. But um, I'm me and you're you, so
0: that's well, good point. Yeah, I can't, I can't refute that one. That's very true.
1: Um, Animal Control from Parks and Rec, though. <laughs> uh, Brett Hull, who was portrayed by Colton Dunn, who was also in Superstore, and was born in Normal,
0: Illinois. Ooh, I didn't know that. Good fact.
1: And then there was Harris, who was portrayed by Harris Whittles, who apparently, according to Wikipedia, coined the word humblebrag in 2010. Uh, He was a writer and executive producer, actually, for Parks and Rec, and then he died of a heroin overdose in 2015, right before the finale. But on a happier note, they were a bunch of silly stoners. They were the most incompetent department... In all of Pawnee, they were just always high. <laughs> one of the parts, they uh, they tape a <laughs> dead crow to a wall with a string from the tail, and they're like, "We try to make one of those time whistles, like in uh, Flintstones." A lot harder than it looks, though. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> pulls the tail, and the bird just like kind of moves because it's dead. <laughs> then, uh, um. Uh, Chris Traeger, who is masterfully played by Rob Lowe, steps in a bear trap that is have open in their apartment, and he's like, "Why do you have a bear trap open here?" And they're like, "Well, because of the rats." And they're like, yeah, we've been meaning to call someone about that. (laughs) They're the animal (laughs) control. They're the one who are supposed to deal with it. (laughs) And then they get fired, and then they both apply to the same job that they got fired from. And they're like, yes, And they run into each other and like, yo, we're roommates. (laughs) They didn't even realize they were going to the same place at the same time. And they were so stoked and happy about it. (laughs) They were just silly, silly characters, and I loved it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> another funny part of that episode that's not directly related to them um is when leslie's helping to try to find a new head for the animal control department um and jerry applies um for them to find oh, out that yes. jerry wasn't even qualified for his own job <laughs> at that point because he's yeah he's a recurring character they all just talk shit to constantly but yeah that he he wanted to fucking apply for that role and he not only was he qualified, but they find out he wasn't even qualified for his own current role.
1: And they give him a, uh, a salary reduction, and he's like, yes. <laughs> "And he's like, that's perfectly fair, like, right?" <laughs> he just doesn't care. He's such a nice, lovable guy.
0: Oh, he's a good character, and he's not a minor character. I, I don't mean to go off on too big of a tangent on him, but I, I love that character, and they never get got his name right ever throughout the whole, the whole Gary, thing Gary, Jerry, Terry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you find out everybody thinks, you know, they kind of paint him as this pathetic you know like sad sack but then you see like he's actually he's got a beautiful wife you know what i mean like a couple of happy, beautiful daughters like huge cock you know (laughs) a (laughs) 17 inch dick um (laughs) he's he's happy
1: (laughs) the doctor says he's like because they're doing an episode where they're they're checking everyone for herpes and he checks him and he goes that was the biggest dick i've ever seen (laughs) yes (laughs) i i didn't even check him for stds I was amazed at the size of his penis.
0: <laughs> and it turns out he's just fucking phenomenal. And he's got this great life and he's this, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody just shits on him. But he's so appreciative of what he has, though. So that yeah, makes him kind of sweet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Great, great one. And I love that we got to have a couple Parks and Rec ones in a row.
1: All right. Uh, I think it's time everyone takes a drink as we move on to Ryan's. Number two.
0: I okay Um, these last two I will say so for my last two I would consider them minor characters based on our definition which is why I'm so glad that we clarified our definition Um, but both of these characters um, had very frequent recurring roles in the shows that they were in okay so my number two is janitor from scrubs This is another character we've talked about in a previous episode um, played by Neil Flynn. Um, and actually, so Janitor, um, his real name was never really disclosed throughout the show. In fact, just uh, kind of a running gag. Actually,
1: no, it, they, they say it. It's Dr. Think... Jan Itor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jan Itor. Right.
1: Where he, where he poses as a as a doctor in his son's class. <laughs> he says his name <laughs> is Dr. Jan Itor. And just Janitor. <laughs>
0: There's even one point, too, where there's, like, a new uh, chief of staff come in and ask him his name, and he just laughs out loud at her, like, oh. And then, like, it's Courtney Cox, right? I think who plays the role. Yeah. And when, when she looks at his name tag, it literally just says the janitor on it, like, even on his name tag. Um, and even at the end— um, does not somebody says his name or he says his name to JD? And I don't remember what his name was, but JD says, how come you never told me your name before? And he goes, well, you never asked. Um, And then as he's walking away, somebody says, hey, Tommy. And he says, yeah, like he responds. And it's a completely different name that he responds to <laughs> than the name he just gave him, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. But um, actually, oh. he originally was going to be just a recurring guest star throughout um, season one. Uh, but he ended up showing up in all 24 episodes of the first season and became kind of a um, unofficial main like series regular throughout the show, and and he showed up in um, almost every episode actually. So throughout the first eight seasons, he had at least a brief appearance. Um, in every episode except one episode in season two and just three episodes in season three. Wow. So even while brief, um, he always had a small. But so uh, when they first introduce his character in the series um, pilot, um, the main character, J.D., sees him fixing a sliding door that's stuck and suggests, oh, maybe somebody (laughs) stuck a penny in the door. Um, And Jander immediately accuses J.D. of sabotaging the door, swears revenge on him if it's the last thing he ever does, and he basically makes it his life mission to make JD's life a living hell <laughs> for out there with all <laughs> kinds of practical jokes. Um, and in the season finale, the eighth season, JD, um, admits that he did accidentally stick a penny in the door. Um, and the gender replies that he knew that, uh, and he saw him doing it and that he was testing JD's character by fucking with him for seasons. I'll um, There was even some question for a while um, early on if the janitor was just a figment of J.D.'s imagination. (laughs) That Uh is, was he even a real person? Um, Until people very, very much loved the character. um, So they kept him on and had him start interacting with other characters. So he was one that... um, This one's a little iffy if he falls into our qualification, but he was always intended to be a minor character with very little screen time um, from the get-go. But everybody loved the way he portrayed this character so much um, that the role kind of redefined itself as the series went on. Uh, Some of my
1: favorite moments are that uh, when he... Well, one of my favorite moments is when he says he has a girlfriend and JD doesn't believe him. And he's like, yeah, uh, her name's Lady. Lady. His Watch lady. He <laughs> just shouts down the hallway, "Hey, lady!" She like waves at him. Uh, but then it turns out it is his. Uh, I want to say that he winds up uh, marrying her, um, and he also leaves. Um, he also had a good friendship, kind of, with JD. He like leaves um, when he finds out that uh, JD has actually left. That's when he actually like leave leaves. But I'm I'm on the uh, Wikipedia right now. And his aliases are Doctor Jan Ithar. the first one. Uh, Tony, Tommy, Glenn Matthews, Nigel, Klaus, and Ephraim. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. I liked that one. Uh, pushing the boundaries, but uh, we can move a little on. iffy. That's what yeah. I said.
0: A little iffy. Um, but he was at least intended to be a mm. minor character. Um, who maybe redefined his role a little bit, which goes to speak to, uh, Neil Flynn as an actor too. You know what I mean? That he took that limited role and ran with it.
1: Yes. He did a great job. And he, as, and like we've said in previous episodes, would be great on big drunk lists.
0: Please, please. Anytime, please.
1: All right. Um, my number one, everyone, take a drink. This is going to be a great one. This is probably going to be everyone's favorite. I'm assuming you're all going to stand up, cheer. Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadillo. Tom Bombadil is a minor character from a little-known book series called The Lord of the Rings. Um, Old Tom Bombadil is a merry fellow, uh, Bright blue his jacket is, and his boots are yellow. Uh he's this weird mythical being almost, uh kind of portrayed as a man with a big bushy beard, big blue jacket, and uh yellow boots, and he rescues the hobbits uh when they're attacked in the the forest leaving the Shire. There are Barrow, they're in the Barrow Downs and they're attacked by Barrowites. Um And he rescues them from old man Willow at one point. And there is the only reference to him is in the deleted scene or in the extended version of, I want to say it was the two towers. Uh, Treebeard saves Mary and Pippin from a tree that's trying to eat them in the same way that they were going to be eaten in the book. And he says the same thing, it was like, Eat earth, drink water something like that. Um, but Tom Bombadil has his wife Goldberry, who's daughter of the Rilder Don't daughter of the River. Eldest, that's what I am. Tom remembers the first raindrop and the first acorn. He knew the dark under the stars when it was fearless before the dark lord came from outside. He is like a super powerful being. Um, He is actually unaffected by the ring's power. Like he literally puts it on his finger and he doesn't go invisible and he tosses it to um, back to Frodo. And one of the interesting things was like when they were talking about him, Elrond talks about how, you know, Tom Bombadil is super, super old um, way before you know, even Elrond's memory and they decided not to give the ring to Bombadil because even though he was unaffected by it, he didn't care much for it. And there was a a chance that he might literally just toss it away that he just doesn't just doesn't care about it because he's so powerful. It was a really interesting thing. He made a appearance in one of the Lord of the Rings strategy games. As like a very very powerful unit, but there's a bit of a um, cult following with him, especially because he also had uh, his own books, The Adventures of Tom Bombadil. It was published in 1934. It's a token. It's a poem by Tolkien, but yes.
0: So help me out because I'm not. Uh, you're number one. I uh, that's Lord of the Rings is another one. Um, I haven't seen invested too much time and no i've probably seen i've seen at least the first couple of movies um and i read the hobbit i think in high school or middle school because it was required for class but mm. um i i was not a huge, huge fan so was he more prominent in the books and just didn't get brought into the movies uh um, yes. or he only okay so he was more of a prominent character because i had never even heard that name before to be honest
1: yes he's a very very minor character like there was actually speculation that he might even be considered like almost a god type of thing of Middle-earth, oh, wow. but then it kind of got, like, put to rest, but he's a very, very powerful being, but he's only in, like, a very minor, small part in the first book. Like, it's between they when they leave the Shire and when they get to Elrond. I so think it there... actually... Go on.
0: Well, sorry, I'm just... I feel like I'm trying to learn right now. So you mentioned another poem by Tolkien that was surrounded around him is is the lord of the rings universe much bigger like you know how the star wars universe is much bigger than the mass oh really and are they typically tolkien that's writing these books and stories like outside of what made it into theatrical releases
1: they were all made by tolkien or finished by his son
0: okay Um,
1: in fact he wanted to make an elvish language because he was tolkien was a linguist or something like that uh like, he studied that, and so he made a world to go around the Elvish. Like, the Elvish is, like, a fully fleshed-out language.
0: That's cool. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know that there was this big, wide universe. But you see that with other things, right? Like, Star yeah. Wars. And even, like, like The Wizard of Oz, for example, is another one. Um, That there was one big Wizard of Oz movie, you know, and a couple other ones, and maybe have will play after that. But that's a huge you know, universe can, you know, consisting of like 40 books or something, you know, some, some huge number. So it's good to know that Lord of the Rings is like that. I had no idea. I knew about the three movies. I think there's three that were big. And then the Hobbit came out um, a handful of years ago too. And I remember reading the Hobbit in middle school, but I didn't realize it was so big.
1: Well, I mean, he had something called the Sumerian, Similarian um, that was posthumously published by his son. Um, and I never even read it, but it's supposed to be a slog. It's very in-depth. It goes into, like, so much about, like, the first oh, age. Wow. the Because the, they're in the, the third age of Middle-earth, I think. And then it goes into the fourth age after they destroy the ring. I think that's what ushers in the fourth age. Um, but there's other lands. So, like, there was Middle-earth. But then there is uh, Numenor, which, uh, you know, I think that's what Aragorn had for his blood, like the Numenorian blood or something like that. Um, I could be wrong on that, but.
0: A- Aragorn, you... like the series about the dragon, that's a Lord of the Rings thing?
1: No. Aragorn, the main guy from Lord of the Rings. The oh, Return see, of the it, King.
0: Apparently I'm worthless on this. Wasn't Aragorn also the name of some fucking dragon movie was for kids? That was Aragon. See, pardon my ignorance on this topic altogether. Right.
1: I'm not even going to try anymore with this guy. Everyone take I'm a try- drink and move know, on Greg, to our I'm number. I'm sorry.
0: I feel like I'm trying to learn and I'm fucking a terrible student here because <laughs> I literally know nothing about what's going on.
1: This, yeah. this is a bit of a deeper reach. If any, like, the, though, I mean, Lord of the Rings is probably one of the most read books. Like.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even if you only got partway through the first one, you would have reached this guy. Um But he's a very, very interesting character. And by him being excluded from the movies, I think it was manned because he was considered a bit more cartoonish and childish. Um, There is a bit of a a fan base around him because of the fact that he was so powerful and then like not even in the movies. And there's a whole bunch of thoughts around him. And he he sang in rhymes, so he was fun. But yes, Tom Bombadil, my number one minor character.
0: What I got out of this is at the very least, um, I'm interested in learning more about him and the series in general. So um, I got that out of this podcast from your number one. So even though I couldn't contribute much to the conversation, um, I feel like this contributed to me because it gives me something I want to do after this. So thank you for that.
1: And that that makes sense. I mean, I live to inspire and I inspire (laughs) to live.
0: And you do a very great job of that a solid 4% of the time. Most of the time, don't do what Greg says or does but this one um yeah check it out check out jalapeno Babadil. juice in your eye well that one's okay too that's a fun <laughs> that's a fun weekday activity actually <laughs> okay everybody take a drink as we move into my number one
1: everyone spit out that drink and then take another drink as we move into Orion's delectable delightful and highly <laughs> erotic number one
0: this is another one um that is maybe skirting the line. Um and this character has come up of course in a previous multiple previous episodes and I is knew one you were of gonna do my him. I knew you were I knew that you would know. But this is one of my favorite TV characters absolutely of all time. Creed Bratton from The Office. What a surprise. I, I know I know, I know, but at least you know hey, I'm consistent. So I I love The Office. Of course, everybody loves The Office. That's a <laughs> Everybody loves The Office. I mean, come on. If you don't love The Office, you probably haven't actually watched it. Um, but Creed Breton was um, a very frequent recurring. I mean, he was in most episodes. Not in a big role, but at least maybe in the background of the show. Um, character on The Office, um, played by, of course creed breton because the character was um uh an exaggerated and fictionalized version of himself Um, much like um the face greg puts on every day because the real greg's kind of bullshit so he pretends to be cool
1: by having a podcast
0: in truth i really don't have a podcast (laughs) (laughs) his co-host doesn't actually exist it's all in his head this is (laughs) super
1: schizophrenic (laughs) this isn't even a microphone I'm in my shower right now Holding a <laughs> toilet brush
0: We got very introspective on this Anyway uh, So so Creed Bratton um, Played by Creed Bratton Basically a fictionalized version Of himself um, Shows up in, in many many of the episodes But um, he's like the old guy Working in the office um, He's the head of Quality Assurance um, And more on that here in a bit um, but throughout the throughout the entire series, while he doesn't talk too much, um, every time he does talk, it is just hilarious the whole time. So I I wrote down, and this was actually hard. I spent more time on this than uh, probably the other a good half of my list was writing down some of my favorite Ooh. quotable moments from Creed and Greg. I'm sure you have some too. Um, but let me set Hopefully. the stage for you so one of them um at a casino night the office is throwing um a fundraiser where they're having a little casino and whoever at the end of the night has the most chips wins a prize so creed um has been stealing chips all night long because he has no problem stealing and he wins from bob vance vance refrigeration a mini fridge um and as he gets his fridge with the stolen chips he says thanks i've never owned a refrigerator before Dude's like fucking in his fucking seventies. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean he Mm. never owned a refrigerator before? And he just says it's so straight and just grabs it and (laughs) fucking manhandles the mini fridge and walks off. Um, (laughs) he shows up to work one day, uh, the day of a Halloween party. And one of the new guys in the office says, Oh man, I didn't know that everybody dresses up for Halloween every year. He says, Oh yeah, me neither. But he's just fucking covered in blood splatter. And it switches to him interview style. And he says, um, uh, oh, it's Halloween! <laughs> really good timing. <laughs> oh. uh, and then, there, and then there's one more episode where. Um, it's all about gossip being shared around the office because Michael the Michael Scott, Steve Carell's character, kind of the main character of the show, heard some gossip that he accidentally spread. And to dilute that gossip, he starts spreading out all kinds of gossip, just all kinds of ridiculous stuff. And at one point, uh, <laughs> Creed says, did one of you tell Stanley that I have asthma? Because I don't. If this gets out, they won't let me scuba. And if I can't scuba, what have I been working towards? (laughs) Which is just so random because there's never been a reference at all (laughs) to any interest in scuba. Um, And all of his lines are just hilarious and silly like that. And I love him.
1: All right. I'm going to have to go down some of my favorite ones. One of my favorite ones, he goes, when the boss gets a new chair, Pam gets his old chair. (laughs) Then I get Pam's old chair. Then I'll have two chairs. One to go.
0: <laughs> like, the fuck you going to do with three chairs, Creed? Right.
1: <laughs> and then, um, of course, there was um, the episode where he becomes manager and he just tosses uh, his keys to Noah. And he goes, keep her running, boys.
0: <laughs> to
1: <Noah. laughs> Welcome to Dunder uh, Mifflin, or as I call it, Great Braden. And then uh, he makes, (laughs) he just has a board that says Bo Body on it. He goes, Bo Body. Bo Body. And Pam's like, what are we doing? He's like, we're making acronyms. What does the first B stand for? (laughs) And Kevin goes, business. Ah, good, Kevin. And he spells business (laughs) (laughs) B-I-Z-N-U-S. Or the episode where you see him catch a fish when they're at the beach for the day. And then there's a hot dog eating contest, and he comes up with a half-eaten fish. And he's like, I didn't know we were going to have hot dogs.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Or the episode where uh, he comes in, and they're playing a uh, murder mystery game. And uh, Creed shows up late, and he goes, oh, hey, boss, what's going on? Michael goes, sir, there has been a murder, and you are a suspect. And Creed just goes, oh, hold on. Let me just get settled in. And then he just runs to his car, peels out of the parking lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On more than one occasion, he gives the impression that he's some kind of criminal. I I even remember one where. Especially with murder. Well, and the cops show up for another reason um, (laughs) on the show. And he is like in the the room being interviewed. And he just says to the camera crew, uh, just keep pretending like I'm talking to the cops. Leave Like, they just dismiss it, you know, (laughs) like it's nothing, but you know, dude's done some shit, you know, (laughs) there, there are parts where he
1: actually like does get, like, he actually says that he does criminal things. For example, um, a bunch of teenagers recognize him at a bar and say, Hey Creed. And he says that he runs a, um, a fake driver's license. Business. From oh, a, right, a, for a bunch he of stole high from school the kids, DM, <laughs> the DMV, yeah. Um And then in the last episode, he gets arrested for selling weapons-grade LSD.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he had faked his own death. He faked his own death, and that's when he got arrested <laughs> because they all come back into the office to find he was like living in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, or, or how
1: about Debbie Brown? So he oh does quality, uh, quality, qua, quality, quality affluence. No, that's not it. But I'm getting close because he often forgets what job he does. And uh, there's a Mickey Mouse fucking a Donald Duck on paper that gets sent out to a <laughs> bunch of people. And so he calls up because his job is quality assurance. So he's supposed to go to the lumber mill to make sure the paper comes out nice. And he calls up the lumber mill and says, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be there, um, but your manager didn't show up. Uh, What day was this? Uh, No, no, no. Who didn't show up? Ah, Debbie Brown. What day did you show up? Wednesday. Yes, I was supposed to be with Debbie Brown. (laughs) And then he, like, he gets her fired, um, goes around, collects money in the card to, like, as a like a sorry that you're leaving type of thing. And then he just pockets the cash and tosses the card
0: hilarious literally walks around like a fucking yeah sorry card for debbie brown because he got her fired <laughs> that pockets the cat he had no problem doing like we t- I, I mentioned the the chips that he stole but I, there's one episode where there's a rumor that the branch is closing and he literally sells all the shit in the <laughs> branch all the computers and shit just listen he's pocketing the cash he's got no problems doing anything i i loved him um he shows up a lot so he's he was kind of close but I also, the reason that I thought he could count as a minor character is while he's awesome and hilarious and great. um, If you didn't have him, the show would still continue basically as is with the same plot. Regardless of if he was there or not.
1: There is a great deleted scene though, where he says he has thick skin. And so I have
0: not seen that.
1: Everyone starts making fun of him. So then he goes in the the hallway and the the stairwell and starts just to cry. And then he like comes back and Pam like is talking to Jim and she's like, oh, well, who cares if you're the new Stanley? I would just. I would divorce you if you were the new Creed, right? It's Creed's walking by and he just starts bawling and runs out of the room (laughs) right after he said he had thick skin and people could say whatever they want about him.
0: Oh, man. Anyway, he he is so funny. Very quotable. Uh, (laughs) I knew that you would know he was on my list because he's also one of my favorite characters in general of all time. Going to be hard to beat.
1: Uh, I know. uh, You know what? I feel like this one, I had such a large list and such a good list. I would love to do um, a follow-up episode. I think this would be a fun one to do um, like a secondary top— top minor characters around two where we pick who would have been our, our 20 through 11.
0: I think that's a great idea because I think there were a lot of things that had to get taken off my list, you know, just to kind of make the cut um, because we only have 10. So I, I think, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we keep that on our list and I basically already have what would be on it. So we can pull that in sometime.
1: Oh, I could, I could easily get another two episodes off that. And I mean, one of the things that makes this show actually a little bit difficult is I'll start off the first night. We decide on the topic, I'll sit down and I'll start writing them out by hand. And usually I start out and I'm like, how am I
0: going to get 10?
1: I can only come up with five. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. Then I stew on it for a week. And then by the end, I'm like, how am I going to limit it down just to 10?
0: And then you have 30 right out of nowhere.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. It's, it's so hard to do. And then, um, Sometimes it's fun every now and then I will like to Google it and just see what other people think. And you'd be surprised at how many overlaps there are or how many where I'm like, how'd you leave this person off? And rarely do I get actually any additional inspiration from them. Either I already had it or I'm like that person just didn't deserve that spot.
0: Yeah. I see that a lot too, because I always, I kind of Google as a last resort, if for some reason i think i can't hit my 10 you know what i mean mm. like i i always do and that's only happened a couple of times where i thought i can't hit the 10 because there's other like reddit's a really good source you yes. know of information too but i saw a lot on reddit when i was doing research on here on minor characters that i thought eh, you know I, I don't think that that would really fit on the list but you know everybody's got their own opinion too and actually that leads into very well um as we talk about some of our closing thoughts, that if you did not hear someone you would have put on the list, we'd like to know about that. Yeah. And and probably the best way to do that uh, would be to write to us on Twitter, on on our Twitter page, uh, Big Drunk Lists, all one word.
1: We also will allow you to smear your ideas and feces on our doors.
0: I prefer that route actually because i i don't know twitter's kind of a young man's game but um, feces on the door that's a classic timeless activity
1: or if you're a big fan of the old testament uh goat's blood that'll stop the whatever it is from killing our firstborn so that's also a big one
0: it won't stop me but i mean it's still a good option
1: (laughs) i could still use a hatchet.
0: Ah, oh, gross. I guess there's <laughs> nothing else to say, so we better wrap it up. Greg, what What do you got to say for all of our lovely listeners out there?
1: Everyone, please go like, follow, and subscribe to us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Spotify, on Pornhub, on Reddit, on Pornhub.
0: Greg, we only have one of those.
1: Pornhub. On, on, oh, just subscribe to us on Pornhub, on BigDrunkDicks.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> .orgie.
1: <laughs> oh that's even better uh, but yeah please follow us on twitter facebook what have you uh reach out to us we uh even have an email at big drunk at gmail.com and Ooh. uh take one final swig as we give a deuces bruces deuces bruces